My mom is absolutely incredible. I definitely would not be who I am or where I'm at today if it wasn't for her. I'm thankful for her and that I love her more than I can express. Just everything that she's done for me is so much a part of who I am today. Call her on the phone? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I could do that. I would definitely do that. I'm gonna cry so hard. <sighs> I am just really happy that you're a part of my life and that you've been a huge mentor of mine. Yeah, we couldn't have done it if it weren't for you being willing to sacrifice. I just want you to know how much I love you. I never realized how much you did and how much you juggled until I had kids of my own. I love you a lot and that I appreciate everything you've done for me in life. Thank you just for everything. All right, well, good morning, church, and happy Mother's Day, Cross Lake Christian. It is great to see you all, all of you here today and celebrate all of the mothers that make up our community and make up our church. It is a privilege to join you and honor you for all the hard work that you have done raising the next generation. Uh, it's a special connection that we share with our mothers. Uh, from the moment we are conceived, uh, we are bonded with you in a unique and special way. Um, I listened to one woman describe how even during her pregnancy, she knew that her son's or she knew her son's personality and how it was completely different uh, from her daughter's she had like a year earlier. Uh, God made us have a special connection with our mothers, and we thank all of you for the caring and love, protection when things get rough. Um, and sacrifices you made to give us the opportunities that we have. It really has made a difference in all of our lives. And so from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. Um, now with that, uh, for those of you who don't know me, uh, my name is Pastor Austin. I'm the kids and youth pastor here at Cross Lake Christian. I get to teach kids on Sunday mornings. And usually Mother's Day is a pretty easy uh, day to prepare for. Uh, you have the kids memorize Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, where it says, Honor your fathereth and mothereth. Of course, I translated that uh, to the Royal King James Version uh, for you here today. Um, but you get to tell, you, but, and then you, after that, you tell the story of uh, the one time you were five years old and you broke your mother's china vase. And you decide, oh no, I've got to hide underneath the table in order to hide from her. And when she finally comes to you and asks you what's going on, you look to your brother and it's like, it's him. He did it. I, I, hey, don't, don't look at me. I'm just here because I thought underneath the dining table would be an, a really cool place to, you know, read my Bible and listen to Hillsong. I don't know what you're talking about. And then afterwards, you share, uh, you, you distribute the uh, elements of juice boxes and goldfish um, and have them color a coloring sheet, you know, full of roses and hearts and that they can share with you uh, before you hang up on the fridge. Uh, it's really really not too complicated but today we're not in kids church uh today we're in big kids church before service we snacked on some coffees and cookies in the foyer and while i didn't prepare any coloring sheets for us um if you feel like you're missing out i can you know prepare something in the foyer after service if you'd like um but as for our bible story today that's going to be a bit tougher you see Right before uh, Ephesians 6, chapter 2, it says, children, obey your parents. And, you know, while it's important for all of us to, you know, listen and obey and respect our parents and honor them, uh, it's a lot easier not to break your parents' valuables, you know, when you're not living with them every day. Um, but there is 
for someone else, or, but there is someone else that God calls us to honor, someone who throughout scripture refers to him as our father. And it's someone who's so important that God decided uh, to make it the first and second of the Ten Commandments, and that person is God. And so that's where we get our big idea today. The big idea is the answer to the question, what did you learn in church today? So parents, now you know what to expect when your kids come back from church, and you can expect an answer other than, I don't know, or nothing, stuff. Um, and kids, if you guys are here today, uh, you can join or you can help your parents practice uh, by asking them what did they learn in church today and make sure that they know their big idea. And their big idea today is when God knocks down our idol, leave it. Why don't you guys go ahead and practice that with me? When God knocks down our idol, leave it. See, there we go. That wasn't too bad. All right. So, Let's go ahead, fold our hands, bow our heads, and close our eyes. So, dear God, we thank you for today. We thank you that uh, you have blessed us with uh, mothers, blessed us with people who uh, surround us, uh, who have been able to lead us and guide us here today. God, we pray that uh, you would speak your word to us uh, through me here today, that uh, would sink deep into our hearts, and that we would get to know you more and more. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, why don't you go ahead, look to your neighbor on your right and say, you look good today. And turn to your neighbor on your left and say, I'm ready to learn, how about you? All right, well, if you have your Bible, go ahead and open them up to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 4. See, I'm going to be borrowing a couple of points from a message by Mark, or Pastor Mark, or Mike Burnett. Uh, he was one of the speakers at the Equip Conference here this year. Uh, and if you have a chance to attend with us, it's a great opportunity uh, to draw closer to God and learn how you can develop the gifts that God has given you uh, so we can use them for his glory. And if you're a parent, there's a lot of great sessions uh, designed to help you minister to your own kids, and we'd love to see you guys there next year. All right, so today we are going to need to know... Uh, two of the Ten Commandments. They are so important that God decided to make them the first and second. They are, number one, you shall have no other gods before me. And number two, you shall not make for yourself an idol. So we're going to be reciting these here throughout the day. So when I ask you for commandment number one, I want you guys to shout out, you shall have no other gods before me. Well done. And when I shout out commandment number two, we are looking for, you shall not make for yourself an idol. Very good. All right. So let's start with a little bit of history to the book of 1 Samuel. Uh, at this time, there was a priest in the temple named Eli. Uh, he was, uh, or, yeah, and he had two sons. Uh, these were some of the worst rotten boys that you could imagine. It was so bad that the Bible actually referred to them as useless. Can you imagine that? Just, uh, they would just disobey God constantly and break the laws that God had put in place for the priests to follow. Uh, when Eli learned of all the things uh, that they were doing in the temple, he rebuked them, trying to get them to follow God, but the Bible says they would not listen to the voice of their father for the Lord desired to put them to death. Can you imagine that? Eli's sons had been so disobedient, 
and that they had made such a mockery of the temple and of God that God was prepared to have them die and replace them with Samuel. See, this is where we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 4. It says, Thus the word of Samuel came to all Israel. Now Israel went out to meet the Philistines in battle and camped beside Ebenezer while the Philistines camped in Aphek. Uh, the Philistines drew up in battle uh, array to meet Israel. When the battle spread, Israel was defeated before the Philistines who killed about 4,000 men on the battlefield. So here we are, the Israelites about to face off against their lifelong rivals. It's like the Vikings versus the Packers. And here they get beat so badly that they lose 4,000 members of their army. They, they were so shocked they didn't know what to do. They gathered together to put together a plan to make sure that it wouldn't happen again. Uh, verse 3. When the people came into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Why has the Lord defeated us before, or today before the Philistines? Let us take to ourselves from Shiloh the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, that it may come among us and deliver us from the power of our enemies. Uh, so the people sent to Shiloh, and from there they carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of hosts, who sits above the cherubim, and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phileas, Phineas, these were Eli's two sons, uh, were there with the Ark of the Covenant. See, the Israelites put together a plan so they would not be defeated uh, when they, the next time they faced the Philistines. They sent for the sons of Eli to bring the Ark of the Covenant out with them into battle. The Ark of the Covenant was a very special box. It was decorated with gold and with angels on the outside, and on the inside of the box, uh, were two or were elements that were very important to the relationship that God had with the people of Israel. And, they, and it said, wherever the Ark of the Covenant went, there the presence of God followed. So the Israelites decided, hey, let's go ahead, let's bring this Ark, or bring the Ark out into us onto the battlefield and make sure that the next time we face off they or we will not be defeated. And the Israelites were confident that they were going to, uh, with the Ark of the Covenant by their side, they would have a victory. Verse number five. As the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth resounded. When the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, what does, this, what does the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews mean? Then they understood that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp. The Philistines were afraid, for they said, God has come into the camp. And they said, woe to us, for nothing has happened, uh, nothing like this has happened before. Woe to us, who shall deliver us from the hand of these mighty gods? There are no gods, or these are the gods who smote the Egyptians, with all kinds of plagues in the wilderness. When the Ark of the Covenant arrived in the Israeli camp, the Israelites shouted with glee. Everyone in both armies knew what the Ark meant. They knew that God had entered the battle, and the Philistines began to freak out. Pick it up in verse 9. Then courage, and, or take, or they said to each other, Take courage and be men, O Philistines. 
or you will become slaves to the Hebrews, as they have been slaves to you. Therefore, be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and Israel was defeated. And every man fled to his tent, and the slaughter was very great. For there fell of Israel 30,000 foot soldiers. And here's more important. And the ark of God was taken. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni, and Phinehas died. Wow. Something like this had never happened before in the history of Israel. Not only did the Israelites lose and lose big, but when they had the Ark of the Covenant, they had never lost before. This just didn't happen. It was such a surefire way to win that even the Philistines were afraid of the Ark of the Covenant and of the presence of God. They knew that the God of the Israelites was powerful and that uh, they would surely lose. But what happened? Because of Eli's two sons and their outright refusal to honor God and follow his laws, the Israelites lost more men in the battle than the first time they went with, into battle without the Ark. And what's worse, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark that was a symbol of the relationship uh, the Israelites had with God, the Ark that wherever it went, the presence of God followed. The Ark of God was taken by the Israelites. Never before had the Ark been uh, apart from the Israelites. For 375 years since it was made, uh, it was with God's people. It was with them when they wandered around in the wilderness. It was with them when God stopped the flow of the Jordan River. It was with them when they marched around the walls of Jericho and the walls fell. It was with them through battles and struggles, always being looked after by the priests. And wherever the ark went, God's presence followed. Uh, and, er, but now, it was gone. And it would be 70 years before the Ark of the Covenant would enter the temple again. So now, what did the Philistines do with this ark? Uh, let's jump forward to chapter 5, and let's find out. Now, the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer uh, to Ashdod. Then the Philistines took the Ark of God and brought it into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. You see, the Philistines, Philistines do what we often do. They placed, they placed God inside their temple alongside their other gods. But when the Ark of the Covenant was first created, God also gave the Israelites instructions on how to worship them, and he had them build the tabernacle where they could worship God and offer sacrifices. You see, on the east side was the entrance to the outer courts. Here the Israelites offered sacrifices uh, to God to atone for their sins on the bronze altar. Uh, and as you moved to the west side, uh, we see a large tent, um, the temple. The temple was divided into two rooms. The first uh, was the holy place. This was where uh, they had the, uh, the lampstand, the, sh uh, the table of shewbread, and the altar of incense. And the holy place was separated uh, from the next room 
uh, with a thin or with the veil, and inside that veil was the Holy of Holies. And inside this room, the Holy of Holies, laid the Ark of the Covenant and God's presence. You see, God had given the Israelites very specific instructions on where and how to worship him. Um, There were very strict rules that God gave to the Israelites to make sure that when they worshipped him, they were worshipping him only. Uh, Remember the first two of the Ten Commandments? Number one, you shall have no other gods before me. And number two, you shall not make for yourself an idol. When the Philistines brought the Ark of the Covenant and the presence of God into their temple, they didn't do it to be disrespectful. They knew that God of the Israelites was powerful and worthy of honor. They had seen God's power firsthand many times before, and to honor God, they decided to place him inside their temple alongside their other gods. And this is what we tend to do. We tend to do the same thing as the Philistines. We place God on a pedestal in our lives. Uh, alongside of our idols. And we think that we're doing it to honor God by placing him in there um, alongside of our families, our jobs, our careers, our position, our idols of our possessions, our homes, our toys or video games, the idols of our friends, our habits and addictions, or our idols of lust and greed. Uh, We think we are honoring God by placing him in the temple of our heart alongside our idols. But But that's not how to honor God. Remember, you shall have no other gods before me, and you shall not make for yourself an idol. Let's find out what happened to the Philistines in verse 3. When the Ashdodites arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and set him up in his place again. When the Philistines uh, uh, in in the city of Ashdod slept, God literally took the idol of Dagon and, that they had worshipped and put him next to it, or that they had put uh, the Ark of the Covenant next to, and he knocked it over on his face in much like a position of worship before God. See, God often uses catastrophes to knock down idols in our lives. And we may let them, for, or lay them, let them lay for a while, a few days, a couple weeks, maybe a month, but eventually we'll look over at where God knocked that idol down and we'll think, hmm, maybe that's not so bad. And, you know, we'll go, we'll pick it up and we'll place it back on the altar alongside God and our other idols, just like the Philistines did with Dagon, or will allow another uh, idol to pop up in its place. The Philistines went about their day after putting Dagon back in his place, and here's where I want you to pay attention. Verse 4. But when they arose early the next morning, behold, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And the head of Dagon and both uh, the palms of his hands were cut off on the threshold. Only the trunk of Dagon was left to him. And here's where it gets good. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon nor all who entered Dagon's house 
tread on the threshold of Dagon to this day. The second time, the Philistines got the message. They had once again, or God had once again knocked over their idol, but this time they didn't pick it up. This time, when God knocked down their idol, they let it lay. The Bible even says that neither the priests of Dagon nor anybody who entered that temple thread or tread on the threshold to this day. Remember our big idea? When God knocks down our idol, leave it. What are some idols that we need to let God knock over in our life? What are some things that keep us from him? There are two things that we need to do. The first thing, we need to be honest about our idolatry. What is an idol? An idol is anything that we won't lay down for God. Uh, one way you can tell if you have an idol, uh, try laying it down for 30 days. And if you find yourself coming back to it time and time again or during that time, or you ha find it difficult to let go, you might have an idol. Second, we need to do what the Philistines did. Let our idols fall and stay down. When God knocks down our idols, leave it. I want to close with this. Revelation chapter 2, uh, verse 2. It says, I know your deeds and your toil and perseverance and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to the test those who call themselves apostles and they are not and you found them to be false. But I have this against you that you left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first, or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. How many times have we forgotten what it was like uh, when we first became a follower of Christ? The love and honor that we had for God what are some of the idols that you have allowed to come between you and God? What idols do you keep putting up after God knocks them over? Remember what it was like when it was just you and God. No other idols. Repent, and when God knocks down your idol, leave it. Dear God, we thank you again for today. We thank you that... We thank you that you have given us the examples of the people who have gone before us, who have uh, made mistakes, who have uh, neglected to follow you, and that we have the opportunity to learn from their example. God, I pray that you would help to enlighten us, help us to understand what things have we put on our altar next to you, God. Things that we might not even realize are idols, things that we might not even realize are keeping us from you. God, I pray that you would step into our lives, that you would uh, give us the opportunity to smash our idols. <coughs> and, and when these idols fall, God, I pray that you, or that we would have the courage, that we would have the strength to be able to just turn away from our idols and walk towards you. God, you are so amazing and that your blessing and your honor um, arts deserved so much god we pray that um, we would be able to honor you the way that you intended for you to be worshiped 
uh, and that through your word and through your Bible, we would get to know you closer, God. I pray that any idols that we, or that you knock down, any idols that we may have get cast down in Jesus' name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.